Hello and welcome again to Third and Goal as we continue our journey through the NFL and our season reviews for 2020. This episode, we're going to look back at the Philadelphia Eagles. So we decided to get in touch with our friends over at Next Man Up and, and see if one of those guys could come on and reach out to us. So we spoke to them and they said, cool, Stan, we can certainly help you. <laughs> Great, I thought. Liam's going to come with his insightful knowledge and experience. Sadly, Liam was busy. So that's okay, guys. Don't worry. We're going to get Phil. He's not quite Liam, but he's not bad. But sadly, Liam, Phil was busy too. But we hit the jackpot. We got Mick to come and join us and give us his expertise on the Philadelphia Eagles. How are you, Mick? <laughs> Can you believe that you got so lucky to get me on the pod? Next man up can't even get me on the pod just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed the last couple, right? Yeah. <laughs> no transfer so, fee involved. <laughs> exactly. Glad to be here talking to you guys to get ripped apart. Looking forward to it. I've, looked, I've actually Good listened man. to everyone in the series so far and I've enjoyed hearing the pain of other fans. It's actually quite nice to hear <laughs> you know, some of the other guys that have had like a terrible shit season, just like the Eagles have. Um, well, this like, is going to be the end of it then because we start at the bottom and work up. So everyone up till now is going to have been worse than you and now it's just everyone's better than you. Well, we have just recorded two more pretty... Teams have just had pretty poor seasons anyway, so there's at least a bit more hate for you to listen to. Excellent. I have to thrive on hate so <laughs> Eagles season right it started out probably quite optimistic would you have said before the season absolutely like um, c- coming out of 2019 season um, we know we didn't have a great season but like towards the end of it Carson kind of drove us through got us to the playoffs yeah, we, we we didn't do too well against the Seahawks in that playoff game, and Carson ended up going off injured, and the rest is history. I don't know if you ended, if you watched the um, the Amazon documentary on it. Oh, it was it was pretty good insight actually, and in, in the, the the locker room and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, coming into the season, I was quite happy. I mean, we drafted not bad. Uh, I was quite excited about Jalen Rager. Our number one draft pick at wide receiver because we've always had a problem at wide receiver, and I thought this is our this is our chance now, you know, to uh, to have that weapon for Carson Wentz because he's been thrown to practice squad guys all through the end of last season, and uh, and then obviously the the very interesting draft pick which was uh, Jalen Hurts at round two. Um, again, at the time I was totally perplexed by it. I was like, that's the weirdest. Uh, decision that how he could have made it that, that draft pick but I mean in retrospect I mean well bravo no one saw the, the kind of season that Carson was going to have but you know taking that quarterback pick at round two uh, it, it can go one or two ways it can go you, you know like it can light a fire under Carson and, and, and make him the better player uh, competitive kind of like what the Packers did when they, they, they uh, drafted Love and let a fire under Aaron Rodgers, you could say, and you know, use the season MVP. Or the other side of things, it can be a total fucking disaster, and that's what transpired for us. Um, but like, as but going back to your question, yeah, I was optimistic coming into the season, but then uh, alarm bells just started happening. You know, it was um, injuries. We we started getting that. Uh, a lot of injuries coming out of uh, pre-season. Well, there wasn't really a pre-season. We didn't. There wasn't any games because of COVID and things like that. But 
Brandon Brooks, he went out bef- before the season started and uh, uh, our first round pick, whose name's totally escaped me, just uh, Dillard, the offensive tackle. Uh, he missed the entire season as well. And Lane Johnson, he ended up with COVID. Uh, we were dropping like flies coming into week one. It was actually kind of unbelievable, but I still had that level of optimism in me. And, you know, we, we go out week one against Washington. We come out the first half firing. We were, well, I say firing, but it was 17 to zero yeah. in, that, in that first half. Um, I'm thinking, well, this is great. You know, there wasn't anything that was troubling me too much. And then it's just a total second half capitulation. Um, we, like Washington shut us out that whole second half and end up winning the game, led by none other than uh, pole dancing enthusiast Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk about your wide receiver troubles and that's been quite evident for the last couple of years. And I think thinking back to the all or nothing with the Eagles, which, you know, I really enjoyed that series. Um, I think it was quite evident in there that you were struggling at wide receiver as well and a bit thin. Um, do you think that, obviously you drafted Riga, but do you think that the Eagles did enough to fix the wide receiver room based on the problems that you've had the last couple of seasons? Well, that's the thing about the draft, isn't it? You don't really know what you're getting until, you know, the, the, these guys are fresh out of college. The, the, the NFL is a big step up from college. And like you said, like, and Rieger wasn't the first wide receiver taken in that draft class. And you could arguably say that Jefferson was the, the best receiver in that draft class from, from last season. And Jefferson was the, the very next pick by the Vikings. But Henry Ruggs, who was, I think, the first receiver drafted, uh, he wasn't putting up the kind of numbers that, that Jefferson was. It's just it's, it's sort of a lottery. It really depends. But it didn't help that, um, you know, Carson couldn't hit a barn door. So, but, but I mean, I, I think I think I think how we gave him enough though, like taking taking the wide receiver at, at, at first pick. What more can you really do to help him out there? And he also took a couple of wide receivers later on. And Hightower and Kez Watkins, who did feature this season. On Carson, so there's been a few articles that came out a few weeks ago. Um, and essentially, ever since his ACL, they reckon his throwing mechanic has been completely different, which has caused a lot of his issues um, with regards to being able to find receivers. I don't know if this is something that sort of you've seen or you've read or, or something you agree with, or do you think that just the whole thing, the whole setup was wrong? But yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of. Yeah, quite a lot to read into that in terms of reasons as to why so inconsistent and poor. Just moving on, the, the OC who was with you on the Super Bowl is now head coach of the Colts and he fancied to be one of the people who first spotted this and fancies getting Carson back to what he was. But people are forgetting he had a serious injury, you know, reasonably serious injury as well. And that's got to play a part, surely. Absolutely. He's, he's never been the same since coming back from that injury, in my opinion. And even last season, I didn't think he would... He had a particularly great season, and, and a lot of people, you know, didn't have that opinion. But I was sort of of that opinion. A couple of my podcast mates, um, kind of thought, you know, Carson was 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 still our guy. But um, as the season went on, I was my my opinion was going lower and lower. And I was, I was just like, I don't think he can recover from this. And I'm hoping he does well from the coach. Only for a selfish perspective that I want the number. 
I want the the first rounder <laughs> draft pick next year. But apart from that, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, it's sort of it's jumping it's jump mile ahead a bit, and obviously there's loads to cover before then. But it's the way Hertz sparked something in your offense as soon as he came in as well. And he's a rookie quarterback. You're going to have to revolted your the way you play to get things to work for him. But immediately you looked like a different side, didn't you? Versus when went sort of, I mean, the Bengals game, second game of the season, that overtime was painful to watch. Oh, Absolutely. Me. I said this on the same question I used in the pod. I've just done uh, with Bengals, but it was just awful. Like that must have, you must've been crying at that. Just... <laughs> you wouldn't believe it was, it was a game of a few goals. I think it was, I think there was yeah. like six field goals in that game. Uh, and then ironically, when it came to overtime, no field goals. <laughs> well, you, you were going to kick a field goal, weren't you? And then and then he decided to punt. Yeah, he dug shot himself. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can believe it at the time. I was absolutely fuming. But then the longer the season went on, and, I, and the longer like our record was looking terrible. But we play in the NFC East, so our terrible record doesn't really matter that much. So we were thinking that draw is going to be actually really um, important to us it could actually see us to the playoffs it was keeping us in it for quite a long time like up to week like the last couple of weeks we were still in with a playoff show um, well, you went to your bye week right you went into the bye three four and one you were two and one it. against your division rivals yeah i'm looking in front of me i don't know this i'm <laughs> looking at it i guess we beat the i, we I beat, don't really care but you know 49 49ers, 49ers cowboys and giants was That's before right. before the before the what you call it? And you lost no, a decent Rams team, a decent Pittsburgh team, and the Ravens. So you know nothing there you'd expect to win anyway, necessarily. Forty nine yeah. so, must have felt pretty good. I, mean, they, I know they not started particularly well, but they just come off the back of a you know a Super Bowl final and stuff. You yeah, must have thought, well, but, actually, maybe we're going to get going now. Did you watch that game? <laughs> no, nobody watched. Yeah, from Eagles. Oh, it was it was <laughs> garbage. I watched a few um, Eagles games this year. It, it was like. It was our first win of the season, okay, so I mean, I was happy at the time, and um, you know, we, we actually forced a couple of turnovers in the game, and that's been one of our major problems this season, is that the defences the defence have been okay, like the defensive line, the edge rushers and stuff, they, they've been pretty good. It's Our corners and linebackers are absolutely dreadful, um, but we forced a couple of turnovers, and it was the pick six that probably won us that game, but what I will say is the 49ers were completely dwindled with injuries, um, mm-hmm. This season, but so so were we, right enough. I yep. mean, got to stick up for ourselves a little bit there, and really, we we had our injury troubles just as much. But um, Nick Mullins was pretty pish in that game, um, and I think if Beathard had been in for the the entirety of the game, that they would have won that game quite comfortably. Because the, like when he did come in, um, it, it looked quite hairy for us, uh, uh, like to, towards the end. And but I think we were lucky to escape with that one, to be honest. We speak about how important a running game. I'm a huge fan of the running game, and the running game gives you the options to do other stuff with the ball. You don't have to just run it and be good at running the ball, right? And when we spoke on our Falcons episode not that long ago, that if the Falcons could have ran the ball average, it would have given Ryan more options. You guys had Sanders that run for 95, 95, 80, 118, four of the six, first six games, but it didn't seem to, to help Wentz at all. No, um, Doug didn't want to run it most of the time. I think, like, if you look at um, our attempts, our rushing attempts uh, between all the teams in the NFL, were like in the high twenties or something like that. 
Uh, we, mm-hmm. we didn't run it too often, even though well Sanders was out a few times with an injury, and we yeah. had Boston Boston Scott as well. Boston's okay, but he's he's, he's not a, he's not an RB one by any means. But when we were running it, like our, our yards per attempt was was is, is pretty good. Um, and I can't understand why we weren't running it more. It kind of in the the Cleveland game we sort of done that in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, Although Sanders fumbled it on like the two yard line and it forced a turnover, and it was honest to God, I was ready to smash a bottle off my own face. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it was it was working to the advantage, you know. And and, and you've lost so many receivers, right? Absolutely. And Carson was using his legs a little bit, but not not too much. I think like since again since his injury, he doesn't rush. As much he's, he's still pretty mobile, he's, he's mobile more than like you know some of the other quarterbacks in the league. But you, you know, as, as soon as Hurts came in, you see, you've seen what a, like a, a very mobile um quarterback can do. Uh, I think Hurts have rushed for quite a few first downs. Well, he's the second um quarterback starting debut to rush for over 100 yards on debut, only so Lamar Jackson oh, being the other right. one, so that's um. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not not a bad uh, not bad footsteps to follow in. I just don't get through the first ten eleven games though. You you've lost all them receivers. You lost Ertz and Goddard and Deshaun Jackson and all these people injured. And you could arguably say Miles Sanders runs the ball better than Carson Wentz throws the ball. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't do that, right? Yeah, and uh, well, I guess that that's, why Doug, that's why Doug isn't there anymore, I suppose, because well, he I was guess, making those yeah. calls. Um, but I mean, we were screaming for a week. We was on the Eagles podcast that you kindly um, plugged for us at the start here. Uh, next man up. You'll get your chance uh, we, at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm we, we were we, we were uh, screaming for us to run the ball like constantly. I think that was like the the main area of focus that came out of every single podcast was you know like why aren't we doing this? Uh, Carson was just having uh, just an absolutely awful time. And it wasn't working for anybody. I mean, do you offensive injuries contribute towards this? I saw. A, I mean, we've spoken about it briefly. You've had Sanders out for a while. You've got two very, very good tight ends who were both out for a while. Um, wide receivers again at some point. I think you were scraping the bottom bottom of your depth chart. Your offensive line. I think you were. A lot of your starters have been injured at some point as well. And I, I can remember seeing mid-season a statistic that said how many, how many players the Eagles had started on offense. And I, I don't want to pull a number out of thin air now and, and say it here, but I can remember reading it and thinking they've used that many players, and it was just because all the starters had like all dropped white flies, and then the backups had gone down, and then suddenly in all positions you're like at the bottom of the depth chart and obviously you know I know a lot of people contribute a lot of the struggles towards Wentz but surely when when you've had that many injuries that's not I mean teams can't survive that can they? No absolutely not there's only so far you can get with um, the, the struggles that we had this season I mean like like I said previously, losing Brandon Brooks right at the start of the season, that was absolutely, that was a killer for us. Like, he's like a, a, a three-time Pro Bowl uh, guard 
Uh, Lane Johnson, he of tackle on that side. He again pro ball tackle, and uh, he he played some games this season, but he was playing through injury. You could tell that he was still injured, you know, and, and we were. Cut. It was absolutely shocking. Like yeah, we had Jason Kelsey in the centre, that was pretty much the only constant. But there was like fourteen or fifteen different offensive line combinations that we had uh, starting for, from the sixteen games. It was like fourteen or fifteen different combinations, and that's that's. I mean, you you can't uh, you can't plan for that. And um, you know, and Carson was sacked fifty times, and how much that was down to the the offensive line. Um, and how much that was down to Carson. There, there was actually quite a good thread on Twitter where someone, an Eagles fan, had gone through every single snap of those those 50 sacks and determined whether or not it was the offensive line Carson or the play call. And more often than not, it was the offensive line that was giving up the, the quarterback pressure and not just giving Carson enough time in the pocket to release the ball. Um, and, and, and we saw that as well. Carson was running all over the backfield and, and one of his problems as well is not knowing when to give up. He, he just didn't want to give up on the plays. So he was he was either taking the sack or he, he was just running about the backfield losing losing yards or um, throwing interceptions. Because uh, so like at one point of the season he, did, he, was, he had the triple frown, he had the, the, the fumble sacks and uh, interceptions. He was he was lead on that, you know. And it's, it's that that there is something to be said about, you know, the, the, the receivers that couldn't get out of coverage because, you know, they're, they're all rookies or practice squad guys and the offensive line itself. Yeah, so if, you, if you're getting down to rookies, practice squad guys, bottom of the depth chart guys sort of thing, and I've seen a lot this year that, you know, there's been a lot of blame put on Carson. But surely if you're getting down to that, that sort of level of players because of injuries and stuff, it can't all be his fault. Do you think he's mainly been... A bit harshly done by the criticism he's received. Carson's been harshly done. Do you think he has this year? <sighs> After when you think about like the offensive line that's been put in front of him with. Yeah, that's kind of, that's many... kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. What I was saying a, a moment ago that you can't put it all on Carson, but the same minute if you if you watch some of the interceptions that he threw. You know, like, oh, Jesus, he's just thrown into double coverage. He's not giving up when he should. He should throw out bounds. You know, well, you know, be careful with the intentional grounding rule. But mm. um, he was very guilty of, of throwing into double coverage and forcing a turnover. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Carson? This is absolutely crazy. So, mm. I mean, there is blame on, on Carson. He's not clean as a whistle coming out of this. There's only so much you can give to the offensive line. And... And the other weapons, and, and and also the play calling as well. It was just like a, a, a total medley of shit that came out of the Eagles this season. <laughs> as a, there's no there's no really other way to put it. So, Wentz went down and Hertz came in. Um, we said earlier that he, he showed some signs of positivity early on. He's a totally different sort of quarterback to have under centre than Wentz. Um, he got a win in his second game as well against a good Saints side, as it mm-hmm. turned out. Um, mm-hmm. Some sparks of hope there. Didn't formulate into results, I guess, but was it more positive? Did it feel better as a fan watching him? Yeah, well, I mean, his record was one in three. I don't hold that against him. He's a rookie at the end of the day, so his first four career starts, he gets one win, which one of those was, you know, against uh, a playoff team. 
in, in the Saints, and it was a really good game, and, and it gave us it did it gave the whole fan base. I think I think it gave the whole team a bit of a lift. Um, it, so some of Howie's play call Colin was actually Howie. God, so some of Doug's play Colin. I don't know if that was a fraudulent slip there. Some of Doug's play Colin was actually a lot better, a bit more inventive when he had Hurts um, under centre. So uh, I mean. Like, I was a lot happier. I kind of wanted to then watch the games because it was kind of becoming a bit monotonous. Like, oh, here we go. You know, the next Eagles game, I was just not looking forward to it. But when Hurts came in, it was like, oh, here we go. You know, we've got something to look forward to and, and something to watch here. Um, mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey made made a touchdown, uh, which was quite exciting. He threw one to DJX as well. As a, yep, yep. He, was, he was using the old guys as well as the young guys, uh, Kez Watkins. Um, he, he had a lot of reps with him on the sideline uh, during practice and things like that. So that's when we we're like, right, that's like Phil came up with the tip said, Kez Watkins is going to get a touchdown in this game because he's been practicing with Jalen. And yeah. uh, it was like a, it was quite a long odds on the betting sites and stuff. Um, and, and that was one of the ones that came in. We we're quite happy about that one. Uh, but like, like I said, uh, it was. It, it was more exciting to watch with Jalen under centre. Absolutely. It was a big part of that win against the Saints when he was one. I think the fact he's a dual threat probably took the Saints by surprise. Not that when they saw Hurts, they were surprised he was a dual threat, but obviously having watched so much Eagles tape and all that, I imagine leading into that game to all of a sudden have to prepare for a dual threat. Well, they probably weren't too prepared, were they? And obviously, come you know, come the cards, Cowboys and Washington, it was slightly different because they had a bit of time to, to adapt sort of their, their schemes, I guess. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you could, uh, even though we don't really know how good he's going to be, just the fact that he offered offered something that's actually interested you guys, I guess, really. And I think you're probably quite happy to see him start under centre next year. I imagine. I don't, don't think there'd be any complaints with that. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see how far he can go, really, because it's always a bit of a misnomer when you've watched someone disappoint you for the first twelve, fourteen weeks of the season, then someone excite you but maybe not quite get the results which like you said I think you're right not to hold it against him but it'd be interesting to see how far he goes whether we can whether we'll start the whole season and or whether you'll sort of get draft sort of not draft someone so get someone in on free agencies experience to sort of back him up I guess in a sort of Ryan Fitzpatrick type way in case things aren't quite going going right for him there yeah absolutely this I think that's what me me personally I know there's a lot of Eagles fans on Twitter that are saying, you know, we should we should trade up uh, with the Dolphins, possibly at pick three, and and take one of the the premier quarterbacks that are coming out the draft um, to get ahead of the Falcons, or you know, wait till number six and see who's available. But personally, I would rather roll with Hurts for a season, see how he gets on, bring in that that experience in the back of him, whether that's in the form of you know someone like uh, Tyro Taylor, who's been uh, banded about in in the rumor mill. Um, that that's why I would prefer. I think give Hurts a season, especially like we are we're in a rebuild this year, and I'm not expecting much. I'm I'm really not, and I think that there's no problem with with giving Hurts his chance. He played those four games. He looked he looked like a rookie, but he looked pretty good as well. So uh, with with some coaching with the uh, with um, the new guys that are around him, the new guys that are in the building, 
you know they could form a bond and it, it could turn out a decent season for us. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, we've always got the fallback of it doesn't have a good season. We get a high draft pick next year, and we also have the Colts pick uh, next year. So there, there's always that to fall back on, of course. And you're not, you're not losing feel... anything, really, are you? Because you're not, you're not getting much out of Wentz anyway. So it's not as if you've given up a Wentz who's playing really good football and it's, it's a bit of a gamble. I don't, don't really feel like it's a gamble. I don't know what Eagles fans feel like. But it's sort of almost a no-lose. Like you said, you're in the rebuilding phase and he wasn't getting results. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a lose situation for you there, whatever happens. Just looking from the outside, it feels like a real wasted opportunity, though. Does it feel that way? You've... You're in this NFC East, which is poor. You you were four ten on one going into week sixteen, and you still, I think, at the time, had a chance of winning the division, let alone just making the. <laughs> you know, does it feel like yeah. you, you missed that boat, or does well, it feel like you'd have run into the bucks and been destroyed well, anyway? Well, basking in mediocrity for forevermore because <laughs> we're playing a shit season that we should, you know, just try and be just as shit as the rest of the division. No, I don't think so. I don't think we should aspire to such mediocrity at any point in time. So um, be careful when the Bucks come to the link because um, Jalen Hurts might just surprise you. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> next year. I know we've got you next year. I don't know if it's home or away. I think we're away. So uh, we shall find yeah, that one out. I think, so. I think it is at the link, yeah. It so is, look, yeah. Looking ahead to next year, I mean, what would you say most glaring needs are at this moment in time? Secondary. They've sorted it out. New head coach, new quarterback. They've fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, secondary, absolutely. Without a doubt. We need, uh, we need another corner. We have Darius Slay, who we brought in this season, who is... It's actually pretty good. Like uh, outsiders looking in might think, oh, you get absolutely torched off of um, off a of DK Metcalf and uh, Arizona wide receiver. What's his name? He's, he's totally gone from me just now. Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins, absolutely. Uh, but you know, he, he was he pretty much shut down every other wide receiver one this season. Um, he was very good, but again, any team that had you know, a second option. They were just going that way and uh, we were paying the price for it. So I think we really need a co- take, we really need to take a corner in the draft. Whether that means they go straight back at number six pick um, to, to, to get, you know, maybe, maybe one of the corners that are coming out of the draft and possibly a, a, an additional second rounder from one of the quarterback hungry teams that they can take someone of use it. Pick six. I think that's that's the way I would I would want to go with the draft anyway. And what about tight end? Because you've got two, probably in their own right, top ten, top twelve tight ends sat there. Do you roll with both of them? Do you play tight end sets? Do you use them to block more? If your own line is struggling, do you trade one and pick the picks up that way rather than trading back? Yeah, well, Ertz is all but gone. Ertz is completely gone. Yeah. Uh, he he gave a rather emotional statement actually at the end of the season how how much he loves the city and things like that and and he does it's true, uh, so it looks like we're going to roll with Goddard. We might keep mm-hmm. Dick Rod, never know. He did quite well this season. Uh, we might pick another uh, tight end up in the draft because like you said we've got quite a few picks. Um, there's some there's some good uh, tight ends coming out. That's that could, that could be. It could be worth it. Um, 
we'll see what happens. But we, we like you said, we have, we have had a good core of uh, of tight ends with Ertz and, and Goddard. But uh, again, both were injured this season, like pretty much the rest of the squad. So we'll, we'll, as long as the Eagles can keep healthy, we may have we may have a chance. Fine. And do you trust Howie, GM, to do that for you? Well, that's another thing, isn't it? It's a different... Oh, I know how you feel. I thought I'd give you a minute. Go on. <laughs> on Howie? <laughs> yeah, you got one minute. Uh, Go for it. Howie is absolutely useless. Um, he, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to explain it without using too many expletives because I don't know. <laughs> Everybody absolutely is. I mean, he seems to be the problem in, in Philadelphia. That's what pretty much all the, the other Eagles podcasts say. That's what our Eagles podcast says. It's um, you don't know how many how many GMs survive, you know, uh, three coaches, not many. Um, but Jeff Lurie obviously really likes him for one reason or another. I don't know why. If maybe he's got Lurie nudes or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of him. But we're we're stuck with him. So uh, we actually thought, you know, we had they had the guy from the Browns on advice, and we thought, oh, that that will at least steer her uh, in the right direction for this draft. But we lost him to the Lions, so uh, doesn't look like that's an option either. So, bit of corner help, a few little holes plugged here and there. What does good look like next season for you? What does good look like? Uh, like I said, <laughs> we're, in, we're in transition rebuild. I think six wins is probably achievable um, from our schedule because our schedule is, is, is quite poor. Um, it's uh, we play in, As you know, we play in a poor division. I think if we can get three wins off the division... Uh, we can get one off of the NFC South. Maybe that's the the Falcons. Maybe um, or no. the Bucks. No, it's not. No, it's not. Or maybe we can get one. <laughs> we can get one off the AFC West. Maybe that's the Broncos. Maybe that's the Chargers. Yeah. Yep. Um, we can probably beat the Lions. Um, yep. Not the. You got reasonable schedule there. The, the 49ers will be back strong. So, but I think, like I said, we've got a reasonable schedule next year. I think six wins is probably probably achievable. I think a winning record is overachieving. Six wins gives you what? Another top ten pick, right? Yeah, should do. That should be enough to, to solidify for the year after, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. That's 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 um that's that's what makes the, the Wednesday trade sort of worthwhile that the, the, the first round pick isn't is for next year. So we can assess uh, how Hearts does this year and we've got potentially two first rounders next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Colts deal. So, super. Guys, Fred, Rob, any other questions? Yeah, it's non-football related. Though. What whiskey are you drinking? <laughs> uh, Iron Park, 12. Nice. So, we're part of uh, a competition, an NFL competition called the Pick 6. Uh, whiskey is probably the third or fourth highest topic of discussion. Uh, and I think Rob's going to be joining us next year. So, there's plenty of tips in there, Rob, to, to join on that one. So... <laughs> Uh, Lafroig is my favourite, I think, right now. Oh, it's very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's okay. Lafroig. Love it. Yeah, please drink responsibly, everybody. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> Super. Uh, Mick, thank you for your time and joining us. Please, no, I'm a big fan. I listen to Next Man Up, even though I'm not an Eagles fan. 
you guys do good stuff and we've learned a lot from listening so give yourself a plug and, and where people can find you guys yep so we are uh, next man up at next man up underscore on twitter uh, you'll find us on spotify apple Podcasts, all those type of things you'll see me at mick mcgive on twitter um being an absolute ass. so don't follow me but uh, you can actually, <laughs> if you if you really want to. Super, Mick. Again, thank you for your time, and I uh, hope the Eagles have a, a better year next year for you, my friend. Yeah, fly Eagles, fly. Yeah. Thanks, Mick. Cheers. Cheers, Mick. <laughs>